Kia ora koutou and welcome to New Zealand Anesthesia, the podcast linking Aotearoa anaesthetists with what's going on across the motu and beyond. I'm Dr Morgan Edwards, the New Zealand Society of Anesthetists President. It is my pleasure to host the NZSA podcast. Whether you are at work, in your office, on your commute or your daily walk or run, we hope that you find it an insightful and informative listen. The new AUT Anesthetic Technician Training Program, the degree course, is now well underway. AUT's estimated projections see 49 graduates this year, 53 next year and 92 in 2025. From next year, it will also be the sole provider of anaesthetic technician graduates. The new degree course is designed to meet our country's future perioperative needs. It can offer more spaces for entry into the training program, as well as a broader scope of practice for graduates, access to higher academic study, and career progression into roles in leadership in health, education, and research. However, looking ahead is one thing, moving through this change is another. And changes like this require changes in our thinking too. We all play a really big part in supporting the future of our anaesthetic assistant workforce here in Aotearoa. In our last episode, Sean Mitchell, Southern Cross Healthcare's clinical nurse consultant, really kindly shared insight into their RNAA program, the role it plays in helping our anaesthetic assistant workforce and how we can support them. If you haven't listened yet, I highly recommend it. Continuing our anaesthetic assistant kōrero, today I am joined by the New Zealand Anaesthetic Technician Society, NZATS, President Matt Lawrence. Matt and his team in Titai Tokoro Northland have really felt the effects of the AT workforce shortage. Seeing opportunities in the perioperative practice degree program, Matt has developed local initiatives to promote working in the Titai Tokoro region, while also supporting undergraduate students in the perioperative degree course. Matt, it is really great to have you join us here on the New Zealand Anesthesia Podcast. Kia ora, Morgan. Thank you. First, I feel I need to ask, how are things um, in Titai Tokoro? So much of our country has suffered from such adverse events, but I really feel for you and everybody up there in particular. Oh, look, you know, we aren't without our issues, without our problems, for sure. Um, you know, we're the same with many other places around the Matu. Um, you know, there's the cost of living, the weather up here. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough year, and um, a lot of changes. You know, it's it is a year of change, that's for sure. Um, we're working through it best we can. We're quite resilient, and um, mm. yeah, we're supporting each other. Yeah, brilliant. I, I mean, it's just the. The weather events were just relentless at the start of the year and really hammered so much of that region. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, sort of uh, our roading was probably um, not up to speed to yeah. start with, so this hasn't helped. Um, mm. But, you know, the people down at the Hawke's Bay um, have also suffered, so we're not alone. And, um, you know, we've reached out to them as well as they've reached out to us. So we are yeah. looking out for each other best we can. Yeah, and that's been the really heartening thing, I think, hasn't it, is that real sense of community. It has brought people together, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Now, on to the important things uh, for our chat today. You um, are doing some great work um, up in Titai Tokoro. Your department has developed some really clever initiatives that work towards great solutions for the future of your region and supporting AT students. Can you tell us some more about these? Uh, yes, um, they're quite simple ideas, to be honest. Um, I try not to obviously think 
too much uh, that uh, will cause too much difficulty. Um, so we we've looked at uh, having a satellite uh, campus up here. We're lucky to have uh, North Tech just down the road, and obviously AUT just further down the road. Um, but it's still you know distances for people to travel, and we all know mm. that that can be a burden on many. Uh, we've also introduced paying uh, our students uh, in their term breaks, uh, for example, um, and mm. that could expand to weekend work and days during the week where they're not studying. You know, why work at Maccas when you can work in the yeah. field that you're trained to be? So this this sounds like you're employing periop degree students during their breaks, um, and it's in a kaiafana position, isn't it? That is correct, yes, yes. And, and this just seems like a really win-win scenario. I mean, the hospital gets some extra assistance, and my understanding is that it doesn't count towards the clinical hours, but they get some real-world hands-on experience. I guess the million-dollar question is, how on earth did this develop? How did you set this up? Well, we've been a teaching institution for many years, and uh, management up in Titai Toko have been very supportive of ATs and education and and our training program. Uh, we've took we've taken on many uh, diploma students over the years, uh, and previous to that, certificate students. So, basically, um, I just sort of had the idea that um, we had the funding in the training system. Uh, we've already got educational knowledge, so put those two together, uh, came up with sort of paying placement students uh, in their term breaks. Um, mm -hmm. A fairly simple idea um, that, um, yeah, I just had this vision that uh, we could do that. And as you said, it's a win-win situation. Uh, yeah. They get experience, they get time, and we get to know them uh, because you know, placement mm. students come, you know, two three weeks, and then we may not see them again for a while. This, you know, offers them an opportunity to come up, especially over Christmas, where they have roughly around fifteen weeks off. In that fifteen weeks, they can work two, three, five days a week for us, get paid for it, and get experience. Yeah. And how's it going? You know, the real world. It sounds like a wonderful idea. How's it unfolding um, in the real world? Well, we did a job description, you know, fit for purpose, looked at other allied health professionals who uh, have done this and just followed sort of along those lines. And, yeah, we just came to that, this conclusion that this would work. We then interviewed um, a few students. So we've given them, so number one, they've had interview practice. Um, mm. You know, they've hmm. had to write a CV and submit it to us. Uh, so this is all practice for them. Um, many might not have done it before. Uh, and it yeah. just builds confidence and we've employed two. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't obviously received them per se because uh, we still had to go through the processes of, you know, hiring them and so forth. Um, it still takes a while. Um, yeah, for and sure. And I think they've got exams coming up. So hopefully around Christmas time, we'll, we'll have uh, a couple of these students in. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. And so you're looking at it being in holiday time rather than being when they come to placement working out of hours or on the weekend? Uh, our, our initial plan is in holiday time. But, oh, look, mm. you know, we, we are more than happy to uh, expand that to out of hours, uh, night shifts, 
um, you know, weekend and afternoons for sure. You know, they're on a one-to-one yeah. with a qualified member of staff at any given time while they are, you know, within our institution. So they're not left yeah. alone. Um, and, you know, it's all about gaining experience, absolute experience uh, and, you know, meeting the people within the profession. To me, it seems to also, you know, the two the two um, bonuses of it that I sort of also see is, you know, there's a, a, some chatter that I hear around the disconnect between um, the sort of understanding of what the role actually will look like when you've finished versus being a university student. And this kind of addresses that in that by spending a lot more time in the hospital be able to get such a better understanding of what your future career actually is going to look like. Um, and then the other thing being, obviously, there's so much chatter around how do we get AUT students to placements outside of their place of residence, outside of Tamaki Makoto. Um, and the ability to work and earn money is obviously a really big barrier. Um, and this sounds like a solution to that barrier um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's one of many options that we you know we've we've looked at. Um, other institutions uh, are offering scholarships. Um, anything yeah. to take away the burden uh, of you know financial burden of these students is definitely a win-win situation. You know, some institutions have uh, on-site accommodation, for example. Mm. Uh, you know, it will all help, and we all know that if you take away uh, or give financial uh, incentives that they will do much better you know oh a hundred percent you know we just all got to come together and make this absolutely. this work absolutely and when it comes to the Kayafina model have other hospitals across the motto borrowed the same model for their region have you heard um, how any of those might be going uh, yes I've talked to several um, other hospitals other institutions uh, around the motto and I've given our job description um, and the way we we looked at it um, and quite a few are definitely definitely looking at it they like like the idea mm. um, and some have taken taking it up I believe. It's all about getting students um, confidence and exposure to all the things that they need to move into the field as you know professionals. Yeah absolutely. Now we've got um, AUT students coming through Waitamata and we have done since um, you know last year um, but lots of places don't yet have them and um, are perhaps hope, or hoping to see them in the future. If you are an anaesthetist or an AT in a hospital that's yet to receive any trainees, what steps do you think they can take to encourage the students to come and do placements at their hospital? Okay, yeah, that's a very good question. So what we did, and I'm sure uh, many others, is we put a PowerPoint presentation um, basically around uh, putting our best foot forward. What does our perioperative uh, service offer? What can we offer the students and how do we offer them? You know, we, we threw in our lovely beaches and so forth, obviously, uh, you <laughs> know, nice selling point. Um, so, you know, it, it's a different way that we have to approach this. Um, and that yeah. is that the institution, the hospital, uh, 
has to sort of put their best foot forward to AUT and sell themselves to the students. You know, um, we haven't done this before, so we're all learning. And so you just approached AUT to get that understanding because I think there is you know, speaking to different people that are wanting students but don't have them coming through yet, um, you're absolutely right in describing this completely new approach to attracting students um, versus it being so hospital-centric in in terms of a recruitment and hiring process versus being university-centric. Um, and so you approach AUT and find out how you can put together a package um, presentation to you know, give information to the students, let them know what's on offer, let them know how you can support them and invite them um, to come and do their placements in your centre. Oh, absolutely. Um, AUT um, has all that information. Absolutely, reach out mm -hmm. to AUT. Um, they're more than, than happy to hear from you, you know. They're doing a great job. Uh, I'm pretty sure they want more hostels spread across the, the motor to, yeah. to be involved and you know, hostels want to be involved. So it's just about the communication between the two and making sure that that information is in front of students who ultimately uh, are making their, their end decisions. So, uh, you know, we hear a lot that the course can be delivered exclusively remotely. Um, it can be an online course, um, but we've got the main base in Tamaki Makoto. Um, there is in the works to have a centre in Otutahi and then you are in the process of a satellite up in Titai Tokoro. Do you think that that's a necessary step in terms of attracting um, students to your region to have that satellite on offer or, um, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Yes, for my region it would be very beneficial. There's, there's no two ways about it. You know, having a, a learning centre up here that they can go to and meet and greet their, you know, their own peers from the region, yeah. make those friendships, have those connections. Um, you know, they, they can still stay with their families and friends. So their their support networks mm. are still in and around the region. Um, and it's another way for us to support them to stay in our region as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned scholarships before, and I know there'll be a lot of interest in that word. Um, so scholarships are an option for some in some regional centres, you know, including those that don't have a tertiary provider. Correct. Okay, so I mean, we, we've talked about that already, but we know that a barrier for many of these students to undertake their clinical placements outside of their town is all of these costs that we've been touching on. What do you know about the scholarships um, that are on offer? Well, AUT has information on scholarships uh, around sort of around this. Uh, I know Dunedin uh, Southern have done a lot of work on scholarships. Uh, they mm -hmm. they are offering um, two or three, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Others, once again, are looking at it. Um, I kind of went a different route to towards sort of a paid placement um, route than, than a scholarship. But, mm -hmm. you know, these are all options for students. They are out there. Need to find something that's going to work where you are. Um, Correct. And try and flesh it out, whether that's a scholarship, whether that's accommodation, whether that's paid employment or a mix and match of those varying options. Correct. Yeah. And then once we've got the students coming to your hospital for placement, how can we as anaesthetists and also as ATs support them during their placements? 
Well, first we need to listen and learn on who they are and, and how they learn. Because don't forget, this is a different format that, that's being mm. introduced to, to us. You know, we've got to sort of help motivate them to learn, you know, be very supportive, approachable, uh, warm, friendly atmosphere, all those things that yeah. just will make it, you know, a, a place that they want to come. If they feel comfortable, they will definitely learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is exactly that, isn't it? It's a different model of learning and they um, bring different skills, A, to the trainees that we're used to, but B, also to each other, depending on which stage they're at during the degree, right? Yes. Now, I'm not great with the different hat colours yet, um, but they really clearly signal what stage they're at of their degree. And we all have those different stages of learning. Um, you know, when I think about my first placement as a medical student, which actually as a graduate entrant was in my second six months of medical school, um, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but my role there was to learn and become familiar with the hospital environment, get used to introducing myself to patients, and that was about it. And then as you progress through, what you're looking to get out of your placements really varies and accelerates. Um, and so I think some of the chat that I've heard is around perhaps some of the junior um, for lack of a better word, of some of the students, but also acknowledging how incredibly early in their training they are um, and that as, they, as their hat colour changes and they move their way through, they've got a, a huge amount of knowledge um, that they're learning and then they're coming to us for their clinical placements and obviously acquiring those skills as they go through as well. Oh, absolutely correct. Look, you think back of how you used to, you know, when you trained, we're, we're we were all trainees at some stage within the system. Mm. Um, you know, we wanted to, to feel supported and we wanted to make a difference. You know, these students have the same philosophy. You know, they're just coming as students, yet their, their you know, practical learning is in the hospital and their, you know, clinical learning is, you know, um, or educational learning is in an institution instead of within the hospital environment, you know. So... These students will come with a certain amount of knowledge and then they want to put that into practice. Then they'll go away, then they'll learn more, then they'll want to put it into practice, you know. So mm. we just need to have that understanding of where they are at. You know, just be positive towards these students. They are our future workforce. These are the ones that yeah. will hopefully be looking after us, you know. Exactly. Work together as a team. Absolutely. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. Absolutely. Teamwork. And what about the the new graduates, how can we as anaesthetists and ATs best support them in developing their clinical skills? Well, we need to understand that, you know, they're, where their backgrounds are from and try and work with them. Um, you know, let's take an example that when you learn to drive a car, you, you jump in, you know, you're told, don't touch too much stuff, you know, because things could end badly, you know. Yeah. But over time, you build through it, you know, to then, you know, they sit their practical exam and they're out on their own for a bit, then they can take passengers, you know. They build up to that, you know, and this is what this course is sort of allowing them to do, you know. Each individual uh, component is built upon the last component. So for us, we need to understand those components and how they fit into, into the, you know, end product. And the end product is, uh, you know, take the car, for example, is to have someone who knows about the car, 
He knows about all the rules around what happens with a car and it rides and is safe to drive that car on any road in any condition. This is what we want for the trainees. You know, this is mm. what we want from these placement students. And and the end result is, is having someone to, you know, go into the preoperative setting and, you know, do anaesthetics or do PACU or things like that, you know, um, and, and they're comfortable and they're capable of doing it. Yeah. Mm. I think I like your car analogy. And I think that one of the things to think about when these AUT students are coming out as graduates um, is also bearing in mind that they will be incredibly well versed on the intricacies of the car, probably more so than AUTs have been historically. Absolutely. Um, and they'll be safe to drive and they'll have their driver's licence, but they're not going to be Lewis Hamilton. Um, not yet, no. And so, not yet. And so, and that's the same with every other health workforce practitioner from a doctor, a nurse, an anaesthetic technician, a physio. When you come out at the end with your degree, you're safe, you are competent, you have the knowledge, um, and you are, but you're still on an upward trajectory um, yeah. of acquisition of confidence, um, you know, of that nuanced maturity that comes with ongoing years of clinical practice and they're not going to be any different to anybody else. That is correct. Yep. Uh, they will still need to be supportive, just like any AT. We, are, we all need to be supportive through our careers. You, know, you allow people to uh, have the freedom and uh, exposure and build them up and give them confidence, you know, they would do much better. And so when they come mm. out with a degree, um, yes, they, they still might have some shortcomings in certain areas. Well, you know, we support them in those certain areas uh, and we build them up and make them, you know, great young professionals. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you've been doing a lot of work with NZATs. Um, behind the scenes to help support the trainees and also your anaesthetic technician workforce with this changeover. Um, how has that been going? It's all about communication, really, and trying to keep you know, the profession as updated as, as we humanly possibly can. You know? yeah, uh, at the moment, Te Whatu Ora is obviously going through the, the many processes uh, there are numerous working parties, working groups uh, that, um, you know, I think there's probably one too many, but um, <laughs> we're trying to be across as many of those as possible. You know, NZATs, uh, we do have ATs on majority of these working groups having the input uh, and then getting that information back. Um, you know, we, we've got the newsletter and our website. Um, We've had to update our website currently because our other one fell over. So we're slowly mm -hmm. building all that back up. So we're trying to get more educational uh, activities uh, on that. Things around like pick lines, uh, PACU and stuff. Um, you know, students are free members. Um, even our Pacific Island uh, colleagues um, are free. You know, we're just trying to support as many people as we can. We are listening to people from around the country. Um, obviously, we are volunteers as well. We try to endeavour to, to answer all emails uh, in a prompt and timely manner, but <laughs> we're all under pressure, as as, as we all know. Yeah. Um, but we are you know, working towards, I think, you know, a good vision 
for the profession. Uh, I think our profession will be very strong in the, in the coming years and it'll be a very versatile, flexible workforce, mm -hmm. uh, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and I truly believe in that. And, you know, that's why, you know, I want these placement students to succeed. I want the degree to succeed. Uh, I want NZATs to be strong and, you know, advocate for our members. Um, you know, mm. we, we talk to our colleagues in the UK who have been through a lot of this already, you know, so a lot of it, I'm not reinventing any wheels here. I'm, you know, I've got mm. uh, some, you know, good connections in the UK and I'm using them, well, I hope wisely. Um, you know, we're mm. talking to our American partners, um, Australia, of course, you know, trying to bring certain ideas and certain ways that they approach things and think, oh, you know, that actually was not a bad idea. I might mm. look at that. Uh, mm. So we're, we're working all, you know, we're working hard behind the scenes. And I think just really acknowledging um, how you are a, as the NZSA is, but a, a volunteer committee, a volunteer board, um, and but without some of the support that we get as anaesthetists in terms of the leave that we have under our mecca, and I just look at what you managed to achieve exclusively in your own time, um, and it's absolutely phenomenal and a huge asset to your profession, um, and I agree that this you know, we need this degree to succeed. Um, we, we want and need it to succeed. Um, and the strength that it will bring to the workforce is immense. Um, and I think probably finally, my, my question to you for anaesthetists who are listening is, what can we do to support the anaesthetic technician workforce, both the AUT trainees, um, but also the anaesthetic technicians, you know, those who are acting as preceptors um, in our departments, um, but just the whole, the team as a whole. Um, firstly, I think be engaged, you know, be positive, mm. uh, be motivated to, to help them, you know, show support in any which way you, you can, um, whether that's part of the teaching and education, um, for example, um, try and understand, uh, you know, the situations that we're in now, you know, as you alluded to, you know, mm. year one to year three students or year two students, you know, if you can know some little bit about the differences over that, you know, have some brave communication with, you know, with your own colleagues around the country uh, and, you know, get fact from fiction so you mm. know um there's a lot you know a lot of stuff out there that is not quite right uh we want mm. the right information out there um you know generally just be positive about this change and if you show positivity it will rub off on others uh and you know we can build on that yeah absolutely i, I I really feel that so deeply, that this is our key to success for the sustainability of the AT workforce. This is what we've got. This has been so many years of work getting this degree to the point that it's live with these students. Um, yeah. And so making, you know, going into it with that mindset of how can I make this be more successful where I am? Yeah, I mean, success comes from, you know, positivity, you know, uh, and mm -hmm. if you show that, then other people around you will, will get on board, 
you know. Um, yes. It's, it's, you know, this is the change, this is happening, and this is our future. You know, this is our future workforce. Absolutely. Now, you've spoken a lot about the different working groups. One of the things that is said in many of these working groups that I've had the pleasure of sitting at the table of um, is the how well Te Taitokoro is doing things. Um, and you are frequently upheld as an example of how to approach it, um, attracting, retaining students. Um, and so anybody who's listening and thinking of hey, I'd really like to emulate that in my centre. Um, they can reach out to you via the NZATS website. Is that the easiest way to reach you? Yeah, please reach out. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody around this. Um, you know, it's a great idea. And, you know, uh, my management have uh, been very supportive um, of this. So I do thank them wholeheartedly um, mm. that, uh, you know, without their support, you know, we can't progress these things. So um, they no. saw my vision. Uh, and and, and, with and uh, you know they they could see the the benefits um, I would like to think and um, yeah very supportive so I'm very thankful for that and fantastic and now that that's you know you've sort of been a trailblazer in that regard and um, paved the way for other places around the country to be able to do things hopefully in a lot more straightforward fashion than it has been for you because it's been an immense amount of work it has yes yeah. Well, I'm more than happy to do it. You know, I'm an AT through and through. Um, I want this profession to succeed. Um, yep. And, you know, there's many, many, many very good people. Um, my exec, uh, immense, uh, hardworking people. Um, this mm. is e every AT around the country. You know, we're all under pressure. It's just not our profession. I acknowledge all the professions. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's all about teamwork. You know, we're here for patients, patient care. We're here for our communities. Just don't forget that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you joining us today to talk about this. And I do encourage um, anaesthetists and also ATs listening um, to reach out to you um, to get more information if you're looking at attracting um, AUT clinical placements in your locality. More than happy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Much appreciate Thank you for your time. And thank you all for joining us in this important korero on the anaesthetic technician workforce. I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Until next time, mā te wā.